Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Boston University Podcast, the podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie, I'm a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, Ask the Trainer, we're fielding all your dog training questions. Stay tuned. We haven't done one of these in quite some time. We haven't. And we have a probably too many questions for today. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, so we probably need to do it like a two-part. Sometimes I'll, if we want to do a Q&A, I'll literally just write on my personal Facebook, send me your dog questions. Mm-hmm. And they came rolling in tonight. I was actually pretty pretty shocked about that. Yeah. I, well, it's been so long. It's been When was the last time we did one of these? Like February? Yeah, I think so. Or January before the baby was born? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure... And we did a Facebook Live one. We did. That was February, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm sure there's a lot of people who missed out because they don't follow your personal Facebook either. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a hopefully not long one. We don't have a whole lot of time to do this recording. So if we run out of time, then we'll have to finish the questions another time. Yeah, but we can always do it the time, following week. Time, time, time. Said it a bunch of times. Anyway, let's just get right into it. We're going to not do a fun fact. We're not going to do any of that extra stuff today. We're just going to try and drill these questions because we have like 50 of them. So <laughs> we'll get through what we can. We'll try and keep it short and sweet because I know you like to give 10 minute answers, but I'll try. We'll have to I'll just get in. right to the point. All right, let's do this. So let's start right at the top. We have Miranda Elizabeth asks for any tips or advice on crate training and best brands of food. And how long do they need to stay on puppy food for? So I'll let you handle that first question. I will take care of the other two. Got it. So tips and advice on crate training. We have talked about this a lot. Miranda was not aware of our podcast, so I told her to look at other episodes that we have. So I'm going to touch on it briefly just because it is talked about in other things. So crate training is best when it's done in, in slow increments. So we are not shocking the dog and making them super anxious in the crate. So we want to start small, always have mental stimulation in there. Um, we have other podcasts on mental stimulation. So marrow bones, Kongs, anything that's going to keep your dog distracted from the fact that they are alone and they're away from you. Crate training is hard for them, but sometimes it's harder for us because we have to listen to them cry and then we'll break. Just like a baby, if if the baby cries and every single time we go to the baby, the baby's going to be like, okay, I can cry every single time. They're going to come for me. Same thing happens with dogs. If they cry and we always come to let them out of the crate, they're going to know all I have to do is cry. So it's going to be their go-to move. So try to keep yourself together. Don't break down and go outside, have a cup of coffee, especially right now during the pandemic. Um, A lot of these dogs have been home with us, so they don't know what it's like to be alone. That is key. Three minutes, five minutes, seven minutes, and then just kind of add more and more time to it so these dogs can get used to being alone and without you. Uh, But the mental stimulation is key. Put a towel or a blanket over top if you're not worried about your dog pulling it through the crate. Put on some white noise. White noise is great. TV, music, whatever you can to drown out the silence. Super helpful for them. Super helpful for them. (laughs) I can't talk today. (laughs) Excuse me. So... Making sure that we're making this a super comfy place for them. I like to say make it a den. Like turn it into a den. That's why you're covering all sides but the front. So Mm -hmm. it's almost like they're entering into a cave. It's going to calm them down. They're not going to have all that stimulus. They're not going to, if they're an anxious dog, they're not going to have to worry about what's behind me, what's to the left of me. Because they're going to feel like 
they're blocked off from the rest of the world. 100%. So it's going to reduce their anxiety. A lot of people just throw their dogs into a wire crate mm-hmm. and then leave them. And, and then they're like, well, it didn't work. They don't like to be in there. You got to make it a comfortable space. You got to make it a safe space. And it's finely ingrained in their brain to like dens, to like that kind of den feel. Absolutely. They'll feel safe in it. So, I, yes, you definitely have to make it feel like a safe place. Like you said, ambient music. Yep. Um, if you have the uh, an, an Amazon device or Google Home device, you can play some audio. We like to do, uh, we either do, at night we do thunderstorm sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we leave for the day, we'll we'll put on today's hits because... Mm-hmm. Oakley, Oakley likes it. Oakley likes his top 50. <laughs> He's got to stay up on the current trends. He does. But yeah, anything that's going to drown out that sound is going to drown out the noise from outside. Because mm-hmm. you don't want them to get excited or reactive or get anxious when hearing random little things. That yes. And in the past, we've recommended doing aromatherapy things. And that's still the case. You mm-hmm. could do lavender or something like that. In the past, we've recommended adaptil. And I haven't even shared this with you yet, but I actually found a study that, that said that appeasing pheromones, there was like nothing over the control group no improvement yeah oh that's such a shame unfortunately it's looking like that's not as good as we originally thought it was okay you know as far as the most recent study so i'm going to look a little bit more into that okay but we'll be putting that on hold as far as recommending it to clients at this point i think the last piece of advice i can offer her is never ever ever use the crate for punishment yes yep and that's it's then no longer golden. a safe place if, mm-hmm. it, if it's a punishment place. No, then they start to not like it. Yes. Now, in lieu of punishment, if they're acting out, you could always put them in the crate with something like a work-to-eat toy, a marrow bone, something like that, mm-hmm. and that's like almost like a timeout, but it's not a punishment. But I always tell my our clients to change up the scenery. Don't immediately go from them being naughty. They're get, Maybe they're nipping or whatever. They're getting overstimulated. Yes, they, they need a nap, but we don't want them to think that what was just going on is the reason why they're going in the crate. So go take them outside for a potty break, totally change up the scenery. They're not even going to know, they're not even going to remember what just happened inside the house where they were being naughty. And then after they have their potty break, they go into the crate with something good, like John just said, a work deed toy. So I will address the other two parts of her question, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. She asked for the best dog food, what we recommend for uh, dog food. As far as brands. So if you go to paulsonuniversity.com forward slash food, super easy, mm-hmm. you can see it's a constantly changing list. It's it's a living document. It changes as we get more information and as we get new recommendations and we get to look further into it. But it's Dog Food 101 and it's a list of our favorite foods broken down by puppy, adult, and then again broken down whether it's grain inclusive or grain free depending on which diet you want to use for your pet. So she has a puppy, I believe. Yes. So the two top brands that we recommend are Victor, and that's Victor Select Nutra Pro is the food that we recommend. And then we also have Blue Buffalo Life Protection on there. I know that some people are like, oh, and even you. I don't. You don't like I don't love Blue Buffalo. They've they had have recalls in the past. A lot of recalls. But a recall in the past, to me, means honesty. Yes, that is true. I just want them to get it together. I think they're, uh, listen, they do a lot, and they do a lot for rescues. I know. They do. So... There and we're I not. I don't the think only- they've ever had a recall on the, on this specific puppy food, though. I'm not. I'm not sure. I can't really speak on that. But they're on this list for a reason, and mm-hmm. we're we're not the only ones. Yeah. That recommend it, and then another one. If you're willing to spend the money, Doctor Tim's. It's just it's Doctor Tim's dog food. It's mm-hmm. for all life stages. More money, but it's never had a recall. Yeah. Really high quality, and they've been in business for years. Well, it's it's vet owned. Yeah. So. So you have Dr. Tim's, Victor Select, Nutri-Pro, and Blue Buffalo. If money wasn't an option, our dogs would probably be on Dr. Tim, yeah. I think. 
or Dr. Tim's. Mm -hmm. So you can see that full list at paulsumuniversity.com forward slash food. And then you could actually link over to Chewy if you want to see how much it is and you can buy it right from there. What was the other part of the question? The other part of the question is how long do they need to stay on puppy food for? I get this question a lot. Yes. So we go by the standards of like where we got our training, which is at the Monmouth County SPCA. So at the Monmouth County SPCA, we recommend puppy food, which would be three times a day mm -hmm. up until six months of age. And then I have a lot of other people because I'm in a lot of groups on Facebook and stuff, some vet techs, this and that. They usually recommend, and I have looked up, um, giving, if you have a larger breed dog, continuing to use puppy food until they really start to plateau in terms of growth. So this means a year, year and a half. I think it it solely depends on your dog and how fast they grow, um, how active they are, all this good stuff. Definitely consult your vet to make sure that, you know, you're giving the right amount of calories. If your dog is gaining too much weight, then you know that something's going on. So either you're giving too much food in general or the puppy food has too many calories. Yes, you don't want them to become obese because puppy food is, it's higher in fat, it's higher in, it's more caloric dense. So you definitely don't want to uh, overfeed them, especially when it comes to puppy food. Absolutely, because then that sets them up for life. Right. So next up, next question, mm -hmm. Alexa asks, how to get your dog to pay attention while on walks and not jump whenever another dog passes by? So we've also talked about this topic so much on here. I suggest her to listen to our desensitization podcast. Desensitization makes the difference. Is that the yes, one? that episode. So I suggest that episode. Um, any episode that we talk about how to get your dog in terms of walking on leash to get them to be less reactive, but I'll go over it very simply right now. Working on the look command or the leave it command is really going to help your dog. But when it comes to working with on leash, you have to work in the house first. You can't just learn it for a second and then expect it to work on walks. Again, just like we talk about with the crate to de desensitize in a small increment each time you're doing it, this is exactly what we want you to do when you're walking. So do it in the house, then do it in the yard where there's smells and noises coming from other, on the other side of the fence. Then you can take it maybe to the front of your yard on leash. Being leashed up and being outside in general is a distraction. So take it slow and don't expect the first time you go for a walk that your dog is going to listen and not do the norm. So baby steps and don't immediately take them to like a really crowded park, maybe on your street when not too many people are out, one or two dogs at the most when you're first practicing and then bump up to more people and more dogs. And if you actually want to see a video of this in action... We did a video with Griffin. Yes, I miss a him. A training session with Griffin. This was probably about a year ago. Uh, we have a, a video on our YouTube, Possum University, and you can see, I think it's called Fix Your Dog's Leash Reactivity. Yes. I think it's the name of the video. Uh, and it's Jamie working with Griffin, and it's just kind of simple. It's nothing crazy, not a super, super amount of detail, but kind of gives you an idea of like what it should look like while you're working on this on walks. Absolutely. Next up, we have Megan. She asks, how do I stop my dog from barking? She does it when she sees squirrels in the trees or when she wants to go out to see if the squirrels are in the trees. So I'm assuming she's talking about Beanie, who mm. is, um, she's got three dogs and Beanie is the youngest, definitely the most rambunctious. Um, I would say she definitely has some anxiety, but I think it's more um, nervous energy type anxiety rather than like, oh my God, what's happening type anxiety. It's a little bit different. I think it's almost like that 
that awkwardness of like, oh my God, I need to bite my, my nails because I don't know what else to do with myself type stuff. Right. So I'm assuming that what's happening here is that she's anxious and she's feeling a little bit insecure and she's using the squirrels to fill her time and it's becoming like an OCD type behavior. So what Megan needs to work on, which, which she knows the base commands because I have trained her dogs in the past to rework the look and the leave it, just like we were talking about with leash walking, but she needs to direct it towards outside and again, desensitize Beanie to focusing back on her and leaving the trees, leaving the squirrels, and not be so focused on it. But we also need to look at if she is having this issue of anxiety and insecurity, where is Megan missing the mark? Is she not getting enough mental stimulation? Is she not getting enough positive attention at home? Is she not getting enough exercise? So I think we also need to look at those three things as well, rather than focusing so much on the outside, but trying to fill her time with other things to do. Because again, like we've said in the past, like my parents' dog, Gatsby, when he first came to us, he was super anxious, needed to be moving all the time, and he wound up creating a game for himself when um, the light would shine in the house on a mirror or through a wine glass or something like that, and it would hit the ground or the wall like where you can see that light moving. He would chase those, and any type of shadow, if his shadow was in the way or your shadow, and it moves around, he almost acts as though it's like um, a laser pointer. And he was obsessed. We could not break him from it at first. And then we got, he was, I mean, perfectly trained in terms of his commands. He was really good. But when it came to this, he could not break away. So we, we found this to be a pretty big issue. And we, and we actually did a lot of studying on it. And I looked up that this has a lot to do with insecurity. So they kind of create a game for themselves to kind of keep themselves busy. Right. So we worked on the look and we, look, we worked on the leave it. We, we kind of went back to kindergarten. That's the phrase that I, I like to use when a dog knows something, but then it becomes not practiced as much. So we, we go back to kindergarten, we start from scratch. And this really helped him. Now, if he does it, he only does it when he's super overstimulated. It's so like if we have people over and nobody's paying attention to him, he'll do it. But we can break him very, very easily. So I think this is exactly what Beanie is experiencing. So the barking is really just a side effect of the issue. If we fix the problem, the barking should stop. Next up, we have Katie Jean, who also was asking about the barking, mm -hmm. but then said that her dog pees in the house when she leaves him for too long, but she knows he can hold it, and he does know better, and she's asking, could this be on purpose, I guess out of spite, and she said to clarify, too long could be three hours. So I went into, because a lot of these questions on here, they need follow-up questions from me, because there's, you know, how old are we, um, do we have separation anxiety, um, is there a specific spot in the house that the dog is going? So I asked her a few questions. The dog is, hold on. Three. Three years old. Mm -hmm. and not crate trained. Not crate trained. Absol Absolutely. Separation anxiety. Um, she can't go to the mailbox without a crying meltdown. So I'm assuming that this is a problem even before the pandemic, and I'm sure it's worse now, now that the pandemic has happened. So when a lot, I always, we always get the question of, is it spite? You know, is, is it because they're pissed off or something like that? And, and it's kind of fun to think that that is the case, like with it, my well, mom and, and Chi Chi being, yeah. like she's always peeing outside the door. It's, but, but that's, that's the easy excuse to give. Cause it, that's it. it that it logically, is what it is. That's yeah. what makes sense. If yes. it was a child who was doing that, absolutely. It, it's out of spite. Yeah. But dogs are a little different. It's yeah. not, it's not so cause and effect with dogs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the fact that she said absolutely separation anxiety. 
So what she was saying and, and talking to another uh, one of my Facebook friends because they were discussing the issue, it seems like if she were to go out at 8.30 every day for work and then come home at 5, no pee, the dog is left out, no problem. Because that is the dog's routine. Mom and dad leave from 8.30 to 5 every day. That is the norm. They always come back and that's it. But on Saturdays and Sundays when their schedule is not the same, this dog is having an issue with coping with the random routine that those days. So I'm assuming that the dog is probably freaking itself out. And when a dog has really bad separation anxiety, they pick up on everything. They're hypervigilant. They know to a T when you left, you know, in terms, and John has done a lot of research on studies in terms of how long dogs know when we've, we've gone for, and they use their sense of smell to know like if our scent is still lingering. And if that's the case, then they know we were just there, but if it's completely gone, then they know it's been a really long time. Right. So this dog may be picking up on that, and maybe the weekends they're they're giving off different aura than during the week when they go to work. It's very specific to this dog when it comes to peeing in the house, but no, I do not think that it's spite. I think it's absolutely anxiety, and the dog has no idea what to do with itself. Right, and for anybody else with this problem, chances are it's one of two things. It's anxiety or it's boredom, and it comes back to that, is my cup full thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that peeing in the house makes their cup full, but for whatever reason, that kind of uh, like with anxiety, it might be more of like a mark in your territory, worried that they could be under attack, under siege by something. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot more going on behind the scenes in their brain. And it's un- unfortunately, it's not as black and white as doing this out of spite. Well, use Oakley for an example. When we first got Oakley, his separation anxiety was through the roof, but we didn't know it until like two or three weeks in. So we had left him for, we were leaving him up to four hours with Pudge and he was completely fine. No issues whatsoever. One day we decided to, we we ran late with work. So we weren't back, I think it was six hours. We came home and looked like the house was robbed. And there was poop. There was poop and pee on the couch with heat which that is the only time he has ever gone to the bathroom in the house. And that was the worst he has ever destroyed the house. That actually makes me think. You ever like super nervous and then all of a sudden you got to go? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, anxiety. It's the same thing. They can't keep it in. Well, I mean, we just saw today, like we, we were training um, one of our dogs um, to make sure that he knows how, because he's a rescue. So he's got a lot of anxiety. He's a pity and um, a lot of energy. And they wanted to see how he did with Oakley. And he was, he was great, but it was a stressful situation because since they adopted him in March, he hasn't been out. He hasn't been to the park. So there was a bunch of people, there were squirrels. He was great with Oakley. But I think just the fact that this was not the norm for him, right before we left, he had the poops and he had diarrhea. So that was an anxious moment for him. Even though he acted fine behaviorally, internally, his body reacted to the stress. So it's, I think when it comes to these types of situations, you have to remember that these dogs are like living, breathing creatures that are affected by everything that we do, every smell, every difference in our routine. Yes. And, and they we, have a keen inability to reason with what's yeah, going on. Yes, they don't have cause and effect. I always explain this to my clients. Like, it's not like they're like, oh, well, mom did this, so I'm going to go do this. It's not like that. They are literally black and white. They are just trying to get through the day. So any uh, any tips? In terms of tips, I think... They need to, during the week, maybe change up their routine so the dog can adapt better to the difference. Mm. 
maybe crate training. I'm not sure how it would, how, if she's tried and and it went horribly wrong and that's why they don't crate train. Right. There's so many different little things that they could be doing. I would definitely have to sit down with her and kind of learn the history of the dog and what the situation truly is and then maybe give them some extra tips so I can reach out to Katie on my own. Yeah, I actually like that idea of changing up the routine, Monday to Friday routine, because you need to get them to be a little bit more flexible. They need to be able to adapt. And right now, I don't think the dog can. Very good. Okay, so Linda. This one's fun. Uh, <laughs> We've I, talked I, about I, Opie before, so this just makes me laugh. I didn't know this was a problem. Uh, neither did I. <laughs> it's, it's a very interesting dog. Is letting a dog hump an object really bad? Sometimes at night, if Opie has extra energy, he humps his bed. Who doesn't? He sometimes <laughs> pees on the... That was mine. That wasn't part of her quote. <laughs> he sometimes pees on the floor, but all that extra energy is gone. Okay, so I've done a lot of research on humping. A lot of (laughs) people, dog humping. (laughs) Have any websites you recommend? (laughs) Um, hold on, I have it in my browser because I was looking it up. Whoa, that was a joke, actually. Was it really? I thought you were actually actually asking. (laughs) Your money where your mouth is. Let's hear it. Hold on, I'm trying to find it. It's okay. We'll wait. Hold on. I was looking up a bunch of stuff, so I have to go back. Um, We're running out of time on this elevator music. All right, so I looked up the one. It said um, it's the pet of the sprucepets.com. But I'm not going to quote anything from there. But there, if you just look up, is it okay for my dog to hump? In general, there's a lot of different things, but in terms of Opie humping his bed, a specific object rather than like another dog or a person or anything like that, like she said, I think he's got a lot of pent up energy during the day. And if anybody remembers us talking about Opie, he's the rescue pity who was like the most agile fit pit in, in the whole shelter. And now he's a potato. Now he's a thick boy. And doesn't want to leave the driveway. He refuses to walk. Unless Linda takes him to like the park to actually go for like a run. Um, so I, we've, we've chalked it up to anxiety and not wanting to give up the amazing house that he has. And I think he's just lazy. I think he has his couch now and he doesn't want to do anything else. But because he doesn't do anything during the day, other than when Miranda goes to walk him, tries to walk him, he's got all this energy once they do come home. So they're home. He's super excited. Eric is there. She, I think she's four now. No, three. What am I saying? And so he just gets super excited. So he has all this pent up energy that he didn't use during the day. So he's getting it out either by running around getting zoomies for like 5.3 seconds or he's humping the bed and then he's peeing. So I haven't heard a lot about peeing after humping, but what I'm assuming is he probably has a full bladder because he's just like Oakley and doesn't go unless he really needs to go and is so excited that maybe when he's just discontinuing his humping Mm -hmm. he's like losing control of his bladder really quickly i don't think he's like doing a full-on pee i think it's just like a squirt um (laughs) so bad it's almost as bad as the spreading legs yes thing from the other episode (laughs) um so with him this is a little bit more specific but in terms of humping in general is it bad to let your dog hump an object i don't usually say that it's it's a great thing to do i know what she's saying with opie opie in his specific situation he's lazy so this is like the only energy he's exerting so it's like you don't want to take that away Did from he him consult his doctor to make sure his heart was safe enough i for don't this? know 
<laughs> I don't know if his ACL can handle that. So in in terms of, of Linda's situation, I think she has to use her discretion. If she doesn't have a huge problem with it and the peeing isn't every single time, I would definitely get the peeing checked out by, by the vet for sure, making sure that nothing's going on there, like nothing's enlarged or swollen or anything like that. But in terms of the humping, I usually don't say go for it and allow it. It can kind of lead to other behaviors and him humping other things. But again, if he's only humping his bed and it doesn't really bother them, who am I to say take away his humping? Yeah. But in terms of people and dogs, this is probably something you want to shut down immediately, especially if they're doing it at a young age. It's, it's hardly ever sexual. Hardly ever, mm-hmm. unless they're a puppy and they're not spayed or neutered. This, this usually happens a lot with frustration uh, when they want to assert dominance, overstimulation. Again, energy needs to go somewhere. So this is this is exactly why Opie's doing it. He has all this energy and it needs right. to go somewhere. And this is burn it off. This is the way he's choosing to do so. Uh, but a, a lot of people, you know, sometimes if people, if the dogs do it and when you have people over, it's embarrassing. So you want to you knock that off. If Opie's doing it in the privacy of his own home and not bothering anybody, I don't see a problem with it, but I would definitely get the peeing checked out because that's not the norm. And I haven't, that's the first time I'm hearing that. (laughs) No response. Opie's always keeping us on our toes. He really is. He's always got something going on. We we deal with probably thousands of dogs a year. (laughs) He always comes up. Always being that guy. (laughs) I. Good luck, Linda. (laughs) (laughs) Let us know how it goes. Um, Michelle Ants wants to know, do you make your own dog food? Do you suggest it? We do not make our own dog food. However, we are trying to line up a interview Mm -hmm. where we can do a Q&A with a distributor of raw dog food Mm -hmm. to kind of get, because we don't really know much about it and we'd really love to learn more about it. There's not too much information out there because a lot of veterinarians they don't approve of it but there are other reasons why they don't approve of it other than the fact that they don't they want you to buy d- dry dog food so they're trying to deter people from doing raw so in terms of that when people see well this association doesn't approve of it people get nervous and they don't do it and uh, there's a lot of rumors about bacteria and stuff like that so we want to set the rumors straight and really get the well, it correct might not be rumors Yes. Well, actually, I'm pretty sure it's actually a fact, but you just need to be careful. Careful, yeah. the same way you need to be careful with your own food. Absolutely. I think what you were trying to say was that there's like forces at be. There's a lot of money yes. in marketing mm-hmm. when it comes to dog food. Uh, if we listen to the small bite, you know, we're talking billion billions of dollars yes. in dog food. So there's marketing powers at play that want to really push a specific product. There are companies that have thrown enough money at universities where they can create the curriculum for veterinary students, aka Pedigree Hills. Yes. They'll actually have their the name of their business right at the top of all the all the paperwork for the curriculum. So they can they can manipulate what the books say. <clears throat> Allegedly. 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 But that's that's a lot of the reasoning why you you see like science diet things like that. Pro plan, mm-hmm. it's always in the vet's offices and they Absolutely. sell it in the vet's offices. Yeah. You know, they from the time they're in school, that's what they know to be a and premier in, unless food. Unless you're doing more research and, and really extending your knowledge, you can only advise people on what you know. So we want to search every aspect of this topic because dog food is is a very broad topic. There's so many different things 
that you can do. Obviously, Michelle is, um, I asked her a few questions and she's actually making her own concoction at home. So I did do a little research on what they suggest if this is something that you're going to do, not technically raw diet, but in terms of cooking your meat and the other products that you're putting in these recipes. And what I found was that there are very specific measurements for each thing and you need to make sure that you're hitting all those marks so you're not giving your dog an unbalanced diet. Well, that's what I discussed in that small bite. Yes. The the problem with making your own food, not so much even a raw diet, but the problem with making your own food and, and giving your dog just whole foods is that a lot of times people miss the mark mm-hmm. and they their dog becomes malnourished in certain things. Yes. So what I would recommend to Michelle, I'm not an expert on this, but they do sell supplements yes. that you can add in. Like yes. it's usually like a, a dry powder you'd throw on top of the that's food or mix up. it in. And that's going to make sure that all the micronutrients that your pet needs. So, you know, tor- different amino acids, taurine, this and that, vitamins. It's making sure that all those marks are being hit. And then the macronutrients, which is fat, carbs, protein, calories, those are the things that you're going to take care of on the bulk of the food end so that you're not missing the mark. And again, minerals, calcium, things mm-hmm. like that. Well, I was reading on one, it was it was giving an example, which which I, I love examples because it make I'm I'm more of like a visual learner, so I have to see it. And it was saying like a lot of people will give olive oil or coconut oil, but that is not the same as giving like a corn oil or I forget what other oil they said. But those oils have other things in it that the dog needs rather than what the coconut oil or the olive oil has in it. So you need to make sure you're giving the correct oils. Really? Yes. What, like omega fatty acids, like that kind of thing? Possibly. I don't know. We're not qualified to speak on this. Exactly. So do your research. You have, if you found that powder, at least uh, we're not endorsing it, but could you give the brand name? I'm really bad at searching on Google. All right. Never mind. I thought you had it ready to go. No, I I didn't. So just look up um, at home dog food powder micronutrient mix amazon i don't know <laughs> uh, but yeah definitely make sure that you're getting all the marks on the micronutrients so that your dog is not deficient in yeah. any of those things they said to really after like two or three weeks of giving the same types of recipes to watch your dog's weight and their energy levels and if you are concerned to have your vet give a check to make sure that everything's okay and if you are interested in raw dog food, just keep an eye out. I don't know how long it's going to be. We have a couple of interviews lined up. Yes. So it might be not until October, but we're going to try and do an, an interview and do an actual Q&A. We'll actually field some questions before we do this. And we're going to speak with this raw dog food distributor that's yes. based out of New Jersey and hopefully get some good info on it. I hope so. I'm, I've been curious about raw, raw diets for a very long time. So Danielle asks or says, my dog has suddenly started having an aversion to us getting on the phone. Nothing notable happened to make her afraid. But every time my husband and I pick up the phone and start talking, she gets up, leaves or runs out of the room and goes upstairs. She also did this when I started listening to something through my headphones the other day. So it doesn't seem to be about the phone itself. I'd love to know what's bothering her about it and how we can get her to stop being afraid and running away. So you had specified, you asked, does it seem to be when she's immediately stopped paying attention to her? She said, no, I'll still be petting her, cuddling with her, and we've tried calling her back, getting her to stay while we're on the phone. She won't. It's really got us baffled. When did this start? How old is she? She. It started about two to three months ago. She's about a year and a half, so a developmental age. Yes. A, a big mentally, you know. Coming into maturity. Yeah. 
How is she handling the pandemic? Have you guys been home? Any other weird change in behavior recently? And she was not able to respond to that in time for this being recorded. Yes. So we'll have to go off of what we have now. Yeah, I have a a ton of follow-up questions because I really need to know what her daily life is like and if there's any other things that she responds to in those ways. Uh, What's her personality like? If she kind of outgoing and gung-ho and energetic or is she more of a skittish type dog and this is just a new skittish behavior that's this, brand new. Is this one you'd rather answer on another episode? You I think get I the think foundation it's, of everything? Yeah, this, this is like a case study. It's, it's I would like to complex. know. Yes, yeah. it's not one specific answer. We got to figure out what's really going on inside her head and definitely give them some advice on how to desensitize her to it. But really, again, we want to figure out what the root of the problem is. They are smart enough to be afraid of you actually getting on the phone. Yes. So Gatsby, your parents' dog. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this up. I have to because I don't want her to feel alone in this. <laughs> so anytime, it's not that the phone rings. Anytime... Well, your parents, let me go back because I'm getting ahead of myself here. Gloria. Your parents have like a caller ID readout. So when when the phone will ring like once and then it says call from and then she saved in the phone. Your grandmother saved in the phone is dizzy and wobbly because she's always dizzy and she's always wobbly. Grandma Gloria is pain in the butt and she deemed herself that name of being dizzy and wobbly because she thinks that she's dying from everything even though she's fine. So we gave her that nickname and my dad put it in the the phone receiver and that's so, what it says as dizzy and wobbly the second gatsby hears he listens he'll hear the first ring he's cool he's just hanging and he hears dizzy and wobbly he runs upstairs <laughs> and goes and hides so the reason why he does this is because again my grandmother is a pain in the butt and literally makes my father so angry and this is the only person that makes him yell like this so he's on the phone and all and even if he gets it on the first ring and all he has to say is hi ma Gatsby runs mm-hmm. because he knows that there's going to be a blowout fight in like five seconds. He, is, he associated hearing dizzy and wobbly <laughs> or hi ma with yelling and he does not like yelling. No, He's he doesn't like confrontation at all. <laughs> so something to consider. I know you you said nothing notable happened, but even like the smallest thing, like mm-hmm. a fight that you weren't right. even realizing was happening while your dog was watching or it. on the phone with customer service. Ooh. That'll do it every time. Yeah. We'll get more information on this. You can mm-hmm. answer it on another episode, but if she's listening, something to consider, you know, Gatsby <laughs> has that association with it. So your dog would not be alone if that was the case. We are getting towards the end of this here. Let's only feel one more because this is getting a little long. Okay. Do you have one that you wanted to answer or do you want me to just pick right off the list? Um, Hold on. I think there was one I really wanted to get to. If yours wasn't answered, we will get to it. Don't Absolutely. worry. Absolutely. Uh, I think Molly's is good. I was going to say that. Yeah. So Molly who is at Jersey Shore Aussies. If you don't follow them on Instagram, you have to. Because you should. She's, she is hilarious. I, when she posts stuff, I'm like, she needs to be paid for this. Because she, she's so funny. It's like BarkBox funny. Yes. Agreed. Molly says, how do we get the pandemic puppy? Because they just got another dog who's not actually a puppy. He's about what? Two years? He's born He was born in 2018. I, yeah. I, I think someone had him. I didn't get the full story from Molly. She is a walking client of ours, but we haven't been walking, obviously. And training. We, we did yes, a little work we with, work Goose. with Goose. But we have not. His name is Bradley Cooper. We worked with Goose. Uh, they also have another Aussie named Cassie. So he is the new dog of the group, but he's not technically a puppy. And I, I think someone had him, maybe couldn't take care of him anymore. So um, Molly took him. Uh, he's super cute. And I have not met him yet. So she says, how do we get the pandemic puppy used to people coming over in a time when no one is really allowed over? 
He's an absolute gem outside the house, but my sister popped in this morning and he lost his mind. I said, is he too excited, protective, or scared? She said 50% protective, 50% scared. I said, okay, we will discuss this. This is a really good one because, like she said, this is during a time where your socialization in, inside the house is very limited um, in, in terms of, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. So the fact that her sister could come over and that's, you know, an approved person to come into the house, great. Use your sister, anybody else that is comfortable coming in and that you're having, you know, you, you feel comfortable with them coming in. And use these people to start the process because, again, with all of these types of training tools, we move super slow. So... There's no rush to have a bunch of people come over and we don't want to shock his system. So we want to use one person at a time until he's comfortable. So because she got him in the beginning of quarantine, he's now become super accustomed to this house um, with his two siblings, his two parents, and that's the routine and that's it. Nobody comes in, nobody comes out. That's it. So now all of a sudden when her sister came over, he's like, wait, you're not supposed to be here. This is weird. Something must be wrong. So in their mind, even though this seems so normal to us, because this is what life was like before the pandemic for him in that situation, in that home where now he's feeling comfortable and loved, this is a strange situation. And he feels like he doesn't know what to do. So he's, he's a little bit scared and he then is also being protective. I don't know if it's of Cassie and Goose or if it's of Molly or her husband. Um, but he's definitely feeling a little bit territorial and this is normal in this situation um, a lot of times when it comes to anxiety and being scared, it comes out as, I never like to use the aggression word because I know most dogs are not aggressive, but it's more reactivity, but it comes off as aggression or aggressive tendencies. So we really want to look at, at the issue and try to, in baby steps, get him more used to this. So maybe meeting outside and then having her walk in with him or have Molly come outside with Bradley Cooper, meet the sister, treats hi, love you, we're besties, then have the sister walk in the house first and Bradley's following behind rather than him being in the house and the sister coming into his house. Uh, this does matter, not to every dog, but there are some dogs who do see, okay, well, if you're in the house already and then I come in the house, then it's fine. But if I'm already in the house and then you come in, it's an issue. Yeah. So little things that they can change up, use the sister at first and then add more and more people to it. But again, all the treats, all the love. Um, we never reprimand for any type of reactivity or bad behavior because that is your dog's voice. That is them telling you, I am uncomfortable. If we take that away, you're just going to get bit and you're, you're not going to expect it. Or someone will be bit. Yes, yeah, someone will get bit. Potentially. So we don't want to take away their voices. We don't want to tell them, no, don't bark. No, don't growl. No, don't act this way. We need them to tell us what the what the problem is and when they're uncomfortable so we can fix it so moving super slow with this anybody that you deem comfortable coming into the house i would work with them hopefully she has more family in the in the area so she can she can definitely you know not just use the sister and have more people yeah but i'm glad that he's good outside because that's half the battle right um and maybe practicing if if the doorbell's an issue or knocking is an issue um let's say her husband goes out and then texts Molly, hey, I'm coming home. Let's practice the doorbell. So they're inside the house. She, Molly's got the treats. She's sitting there with Bradley Cooper. Maybe she puts Cassie and Goose outside or upstairs or something like that so he can he can really focus on his own. And the husband's just outside re ringing the doorbell over and over again. And every single time the doorbell rings, he gets a treat. And we do the look command. So he's detaching from the things that, that is scary and looking at Molly and getting some really great food. 
Um, every time you do this, he gets something good. And over time, he starts to understand this isn't a scary thing and I'm being desensitized to it. So every single time the doorbell rings, I'm not thinking, okay, we're under attack. And the same thing goes for knocking on the door. So the same thing, knock, 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 treat, good to go. So it takes a while. It doesn't happen overnight. The more you practice, the better he's going to get. All right. That's all we have time for. I remember when you said when we started this. Oh, 30, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah. We'll make no, it quick. <laughs> Labor Day's got our whole schedule shifted. So it's actually Tuesday night. And this needs to be uploaded in eight hours. You are the man for the job. So I'll be now I get that. to master the audio and upload this. And you know what? I'm not doing a video this time. There's no no complimentary video. I'm lying. There's probably going to be a complimentary video. <laughs> the man of out. my dreams, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm sorry if we didn't get to your question. We will. Mm-hmm. Possibly a bonus episode or something. I don't know. We'll find time to yes, get to them. We will. We'll get everybody answered. We never leave anybody with the short end of the stick. Agreed. Except for me. Oh, stop it. As it's 1130. Got to spend all day with the baby on his half birthday. Happy half birthday, JJ. If you're listening to this in 15 years. Because <laughs> that's when you'll get a cell phone. Not before then. That's right. <laughs> Would you like to sign off? As always, class dismissed. No, you rushed it. What? I don't like that. You say goodbye to people. Oh Tell them, my goodness! Say you goodbye. Made me nervous. I don't do the sign off. Make, you do make the a sign bond. Off. Bond with bond with everybody. Hey, thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, <laughs> rate us five stars. That's why you do this part. Subscribe. We have a lot of new subscribers. We do because you changed it's the a big, artwork. It's been a big week. You changed the, the artwork, and it's beautiful. Yeah, I hope you like the new artwork. Hope it better communicates with this podcast about. And if it's your first time listening, and you're like, wow, this guy's neat. Well, if you're wondering what Oakley, talking? what Oakley and Pudge look like, there they are. Yeah, there they are. Yes, Pudge looks vicious. She but looks she's like not. <laughs> she's very happy in that picture. She is. It's one of her fa- happiest pictures. She just looks a little crazy. So her please, ears are back. Please subscribe, like, follow us on Instagram at Boston University. And I guess that's really it, right? Mm-hmm. Just subscribe. Subscribe and we will talk to you. I will talk to you Friday. I will talk to you next week. Maybe you'll get a bonus episode. We'll, we'll see what happens. She's, she's working me like a dog, so you'll probably get a bonus episode. I'm working you like a dog. Happy fall, everybody. <laughs> Until next week. Class dismissed.